welcome all to the first episode of the Never Late podcast. This is uh, one part of your hosting team, Moses McCready, sitting here with AO in a studio. A little uncertain of whether we know what we're doing, but we uh, have no idea what we're doing. There you go. Thank you very much for the confirmation. <laughs> but uh, we had a podcast that we we're both pretty fond of in the Thong Slappers. And don't mind shouting out from the start that we're not actually attached to the Thong Slappers by any base, other than the fact that we share a lot of the same connections and a lot of the same followers have seemed to jump on board and support us in this. So um, basically, yeah, people who we've known just through Instagram connections have seemed to have become good friends. The basis of the Thong Slappers then generated a lot of uh, charitable funds towards a couple of really good causes, which was really nice to see. And seemed across their membership, there was just a diversity of opinions, you know, a whole lot of different people just getting together with a bit of, you know, respect and getting along. So, And uh, probably should mention that we're hoping to, uh, if this takes off a bit, we'll get onto that uh, charitable work as well. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. You know, it all sort of seemed to generate good things, you know. Generous donations seem to then come back in your pocket in some form later on, you know, people, just the connections that are made and the support that appears. Yeah, I guess we just want to uh, try and fill a bit of a void that has been missing with a lot of people since the Thong Slapper guys left. Um, definitely not trying to copy them anyway, just, yeah, trying to get out and have a chat to yeah. people and talk cars and talk crap and... Yeah, we have a shared interest in the same culture, in the Australian car community. Um, so, yeah, it seems to fit along. So, Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, based around a few things that I've done back in the day with, I suppose, a few management quality control courses in stupid factory jobs I had, you've got to have a bit of a mission statement to say what you're about. So I just sort of wanted to put it here from off, off the cuff that, yeah, Never going to be a safe haven for purists. You know, we're sort of more, you know, we don't really buy into arrogance or, you know, perceived importance, you know, because just grace and empathy seems to lead the way and seems to be lacking pretty strongly in the car culture. People seem to attack each other for no real mm. reason on cars that they don't understand. And Definitely agree. So There'll be none of that here. No, that's it. A bit of occasional ribbing and a bit of bit of jibing here and there's good good thing. You know, it normally comes from a better connection though. All in good jest. So we sort of stand for, I guess, pushing envelopes and supporting a bit of innovation and creativity. You know, I've been around cars well all my life and I'm in my fifties now, but you know, there's that street machine culture that was bulging around flares and scogs and sunroofs and all that stuff. You know. One of the lucky ones. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely it gets referred to as the great times. But, you know, times are coming back. Yeah. For all the people that sort of attack the cars they don't understand, a whole heap of people are coming in now and supporting those cars and that creativity. So it's good to see. And so the tasks that we were sort of, when we sat down and discussed starting a podcast, you know, we thought that we'd probably move along towards, you know, a few magazine reviews here and there. It's always a bit hard not to shout back to the, great street machine magazine that seems to keep us all connected as well but also wanted to open up through our instagram which is uh never late l8 on the end underscore podcast um through the inbox there you know mm. mem uh, subscriber suggestions 
hit well, us up with uh, anything you want to throw at us, magazines, whatever. Just, we'll, uh, we're happy to have a chat about anything, car-related yeah. anyway. Yeah, want us to head to a shed. Want me to head to a buddy, uh, mm. head to a shed and have a look at a project. Want us to go to a show and check out what's going on there because, you know, AO had kind of discussed that, you know, he'd like to sort of see us doing a little bit of roaming at car shows. And yeah, certainly, uh, certainly keen to go out and, uh, well, you know, we're usually there anyway. We might as well see if we can have a chat to some of these guys and, and um, you know, certainly document it via the uh, microphone and certainly via our Instagram page, you know, what we're looking at, who we're talking to. Yeah. Um, if these things ever actually uh, start back up. Yeah, no, well, that's it too. Yeah, the world's dealing with a whole heap of lockdown. But mm. but I I feel like that sort of contributed to what's been going on in the background too, though, that the connections, you know. There's a whole heap of people that we're yet to meet who seem to have become dear friends to mm. us, you know. Yeah. So when things do open... Yeah, I see those being followed through pretty nicely. The magic of uh, of social media, you can be best mates with people you've never even met. Yeah, which is a beautiful segue right there that mm. leads us towards we also want to have those interviews with our guests, Definitely. you know, bring in people, special guests, and interview them about their, their love of cars. And we got together and formulated a bit of a questionnaire. Mm-hmm. Do you think our, we maybe our move set, our set questions? Set questions. Do you think so it's they, time for? I think so. Know. Let's let's go. Well, you can go first. What was your first car memory? Well, I guess my first car memory also involves around the town Ballarat that I live in. But I moved to Ballarat and started kindergarten here, so that sort of puts it into a bit of a time frame. But I recall we had a Bowser, old antique Bowser, in the yard at the kindergarten, and I used to stand by that Bowser. Well, all the other kids were running around the yard being cars. So I was kind of the servo attendant was me theory. <laughs> <laughs> and then I look a bit at the stuff that I've been doing with regard to the, you know, the Australian custom car groups and things now and about supporting a few of the underdogs and getting their stories out. And it kind of has me smiling a bit because it seems very similar. You know, not necessarily about my own driving experience. You know. <laughs> um. So, yeah, that, that's an interesting one. And then later on, if you want to put a real car in it, um, yeah, mum had an A9 extra mm. runner. The old man bought brand new. And Featured on the uh, Survivor Car Australia page, which was uh, yeah. quite funny. I thought... Uh... <laughs> you always feel a bit weird posting <laughs> Chris, these photos Chris Cal- up. Chris Kelly's <laughs> photo on a Survivor Car Australia page is one of the <laughs> least purest person you could meet in the car and here he is on the survivor car australia page that's exactly uh, it and yeah. not that we're not that we're promoting survivor car australia of course but, no and um, once more the truth is out there because <laughs> uh, moses mccready the spotto sensei is also chris kelly is also just this guy sitting here yeah. so yeah. Um, yeah. but I, yeah I must you, say, that was really funny yeah you feel funny when you post those photos just for a few people you're close to and they end up traveling mm. you know but yeah, great moments, you know. Mum got pulled up in that A9X by the police. We we think she was doing about 160 mm. when they pulled her over with a blown-out rear tyre, four kids in the car. Mm. Nice job, Mum. <laughs> Couldn't do that now. <laughs> so where would your first car memory hail uh, from, look, AO? It probably, probably comes back to... Um, if I'm thinking right now, I mean, I've got so many, but probably the first memories was dad had a, had an XR, I'm not sure it was a Falcon or Fairmont. I'm pretty sure it was just a Falcon. It's dark blue. 
Um, I've got a few photos of it at home, but only had hubcaps on it. But I can remember it with big fat scogs on it. And the, uh, I'm pretty sure I had a 302 in it. And I can remember getting dropped off at kindergarten in that car. Nice. Um, and then from then, his brothers had, had or one of his brothers was sort of riding the cars. He had a couple of hot cars. And then mum's brothers, well, I grew up tinkering around with cars with them. They were, well, a couple of them had built cars sort of over my childhood and into the teens. Yep. So I was always helping yep. them. Not a mechanic. I still couldn't tell you what most parts do on a car, but I used to just love getting in and getting involved. And the and the uncles used to get me involved, and I'm really grateful for that because here I am now with this yeah. ridiculous <laughs> obsession with all things wheels. It's yeah, no, it's, it's incredible crazy. to see, mm. and and that'll that'll come out through this podcast too. That we know a lot of people who are mm. a, these car, you know, experiences are family experiences, mm, definitely. So. Yeah. Question two. Yep. Fire away. First car. Well, my first car, I bought a 62 Dodge Phoenix, and I reckon I was 13 at the time. But my nan worked at St. Vincent de Paul in Ballarat, and she knew of this family, and they needed money. And it was kind of, I suppose, the first indication I realised that my nan knew that I liked cars. So I went and had a look at this 62 Phoenix in the backyard of this house up in Wendery West. No motor, no gearbox, and bought it and brought it home. Got the old man to help me. We picked it up and brought it home. And I had a fair idea I wasn't going to get it going. But I put it on the market, sold it, and a local guy bought it. Ended up putting a big block in it and a manual. Because <laughs> <laughs> he had a company in Ballarat or a business in Ballarat doing manual conversions to cars. So the yeah, so the light blue sixty two Phoenix that ran around Ballarat for years was my old car. Big block with a manual. Yeah. Nice. But that actually paved my way into a fifty seven Chev that I bought installed, six cylinder three on the tree when I was fourteen. It had rego and everything. And the old man took me up to stall and we picked that up and brought it home. And that was the first one I sort of started playing with. You know, sunk it into the ground, give it an even coat of grey primer for all its surface rust that it had had, painted the rims bright blue. Or within a week, <laughs> the old boy came home and said, what are we doing this weekend? I said, I think we're going cruising. So headed the family to the beach and they all spent the day playing on the beach and I spent the day sitting in the front of the car playing so what tapes. year would that have been? Oh, I've got to be 83 or 4. So even in 83, 57 Chev's still pretty rare in Ballarat. Yeah, $1,800 in the paper and 1600 mm. I bought it for. He pulled the stereo out, mm. yeah, put it into his fair lane. I had to explain to him that was part of the deal when I bought the car, so he had to pull it out and put it back in. And the old <laughs> boy stood beside me looking pretty proud of his son. And then he came out and gave me the 57 Chev Bible too, the big fat bloody right. owner's manual as well, which I think he was holding on to until I kind of challenged him. <laughs> mm. Mm. So, yeah, that was pretty much my my introduction. So oh, my first My first car was... Not nearly exciting as that, but technically speaking, my first car <clears throat> was dad had a, uh, I'm not sure what year it was, but it was an Alex Serrano hatch in Contessa Gold. Yep. 186S, four speed, jelly bean mags. And look, he drove that, it was his daily driver to and from work. And I think I got to, 
don't know, 15, 15, maybe 16, I'm not sure. No, I don't think, must have been 15. Dad said, here you go, you can have that and we'll fix it up and we'll yep. put it in the shed. We had a big shed out at, at Scarsdale at the time. And, but you can, uh, we can fix this up. You can just, you know, yep. get on the road and your okay. yeah, owls are coming up. Your turn. So anyway, that didn't last long. We, we, it was hail damaged. So we started, you know, doing the bog work on that and, and fixing it up. And then um, a friend of his brother came out and offered to buy it. Yeah. And he sort of came in and said, oh, I think he'd already done the deal. But he came in and said, well, what about if we sold the car and we'll, uh, we'll use that money to deck out a bungalow in the shed out outside? Yeah. So, of course. Uh, 15, 16, yeah, I'm going to get to live by myself in the shed. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I really regret that decision because um, yeah, we're well, a hatchback. We know now. Like, yeah, <laughs> anyway, first official car, I guess. Which... Well, that's the other one too. When people talk about first car stories, it's what was your first car. You know, a lot of people rely on what was your car you were driving when you first got your license. Yeah, you know, that's like, right. Like, where, where, I, do, where do you where do you go? Back well, I've to? got to confess to a four cylinder Cortina at eighteen <laughs> on P plates before a six cylinder Trimatic HJ. You know, there were there were better things to come, but with my, first license, I wasn't aiming very high. My first official car I bought off Dad's brother. It was a seventy something Toyota Corona. So that's real exciting. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's 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 the tough one. Hey, if you look back at them now, they're actually a pretty cool looking car. Oh, well, actually, <laughs> I've yeah. seen a few for sale lately and I think, oh. like, and they're getting like, they want five or six grand for these things. Yeah. Oh, well, shout out to Chrome, Dar- chrome bumper thing yeah. and, hey, they look all right. Oh, shout out to Darren Cunningham in Ballarat, driving around in his four-cylinder TE Cortina oh, with yeah. P-plates, yeah. told me that he was going to own the best Tirana in Ballarat. Yeah. Within 18 months, was driving an L34 with 78,000 kilometres on the clock that used to lift the left-hand front wheel off the road. Lovely. So he <laughs> it ended up with an A9X after that. So mm. can all Yeah, so somewhere. nothing exciting for me, really. Um, um, favourite car? Yeah. What's favourite car you've owned? Favourite car for me, probably. If I, Nasha? I, I just can't lock myself into one. <laughs> I'm really struggling. Um, no, well, we're going to cover the Nasha in probably current car number six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I'll get indulgent here. Probably the HB Tirana no, daily that bad, I had for three bad. weeks with its 327 and turbo 350 on the road for three weeks. That would weeks. have been an interesting car. It was, it was an ice skate on wheels, mm. um, but it was a fun car. I seem to find that the ones that, I miss the most or I enjoyed the most are the ones that probably aren't the most collectible either. Mm. Like me H, HZ with its 327, 12 and after ones, Wade Solid Cam, Saginaw, that that car was me highlight car, I reckon. Mm. So, um, but yeah, no, you're right. The Nasha definitely holds a place beyond most cars. <laughs> we will get deeper beyond, <laughs> deeper we'll into get on that. The <laughs> so... Well, what was your favourite? Um, like I said, I've I've had a cu- couple know, of cars in Donnie's my lifetime. I mean, yeah, mention, Donnie, but... Donnie's Donnie's is a bit special. He's like the Nasher, but um, I've I've had plenty of cars in my time, and none of them really have grabbed the heartstrings. Probably the one. There's probably two, and I'll, I'll put one above the other, and that's that's my VK Calais that I got itching to get a V8 as soon as I was off the piece. Yep. So I actually bought this thing 
um, about, it might have been two months to go. Yeah. And mum and dad wouldn't let me drive it. So I drove, I got stuck driving mum's Magna for a couple of months. Yeah. Mum actually drove the Calais because it was the five litre. Yeah. She absolutely loved it. And I can't remember the colour of it, but it was that dark metallic green over silver. Yeah. The matching blue velour interior, the Star Wars dash, sounded mint, had, had the, uh, the pacemaker extractors headers on it and yeah. nice, really nice note. I just love that car. They're a really great crossover car too, I think. Mm. Like I struggle to love a lot of Commodores. Mm. There's but just but, about I, but I've got a passionate nostalgic memory of VK Calais. Yeah, first of the plastic bumpers and yeah. I think they just got it right. Yeah. And uh, the, the single spoke steering wheel, like it had an Alpine cassette player in it and <laughs> the high-end head unit and it. it was just it was just standard and i ended up having it lowered had the fe2 springs put in it and i had some 16 inch uh i mean 16 inch back in those days that was a big that was yeah, a big that's, wheel that's how i end <laughs> um and it they, it did a couple of lobes on the cam at some stage so i had the mechanic put a mild cam in it and did all the timing and and I can still remember driving it back from the mechanic that that day. He said, "Now just watch when you put your foot down. You're really going to feel the secondaries kick in." And of course, I get down the block, floor it, and I just can remember that, <laughs> that <laughs> feeling of hearing a noise that I've never heard before come out of my car, and uh, that was it. But, you know, oh well, yeah, it, it, it's one of those things you sold. But a close second was the HK Prem, which I bought. As a day, it was a daily driver um, for many years, and then I just sat in the shed. All intentions of, uh, you know, sort of doing it up, and yeah, what do you do? You, yeah. you just sell these things, and unfortunately, I still know where the HK is. Actually, um, a fella in town's got it, just in a collection with his uh, stuff, and yeah, it's it was the Hacienda Blue. Just uh, it was a one eight six Prem. Three speed on the column, bench seat, just the basic prem. But I don't know. The HK, HK has to be one of the best looking holds for me. I think, yeah. personally, and uh, I did like that car, but definitely the VK for me. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah. Uh, big fan of a bench seat too. Yes. <laughs> no, with the with the little fold down armrest as uh, as a ripper. Yeah. No, definitely. And probably moving on from that. Next question: regret. That's probably my regret is probably selling that VK and selling the HK. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. That's an easy one. That's an easy one for me. What about you? Oh, I could probably bring in the 50 model Buick Coupe about here. That was the car that I had that kind of really scratched every itch that I had, you know. The paint was a bit off and used to Mr. Sheen it up, but it did four weddings in the time I had it. So it had some across-the-board appeal. But just a really stout, small-block Turbo 400 had power windows, Pontiac Le Mans, bloody power seat. Um, it was just a good car. And when I sort of sold that car due to circumstances and life and bills, um, every time I thought about doing another car for a long time, I'd just get lost in the regret of selling that one car and not mm. do anything. Mm. Kind of until I bought me HR, and I think the HR was what kind of turned me around again. You know, it was only a small investment, but... I think that's what we've learned through the car culture. And I know, especially since I've met you as well, AO, that it just brings 
people mm. together, you know. I've made the quip to people, it's, you know, I spend on cars because they take to me take me to where my people are. It's very <laughs> it's a very strange thing, but we'll we'll touch on that in a, maybe episode two. Yeah. A bit further. So question six is current car, but we'll probably leave that for our guests because episode two is gonna be Yeah, about, we're gonna be rattling, mostly about our cars. We're gonna cars. be prattling on about our cars in episode two. As well as we're going to be doing a little bit more and we'll do a Street Machine magazine review in mm. there too from the June 2021 magazine. But we also had in there as a bit of a possible question was the favourite event. Mm. I did. I've missed that one. Yeah, well, I'm going Skipped to put it. <laughs> oh well, I'm going to jump in and put it down. Yeah, to, put it in there. I'm going to put it down to Ballarat Cars and Coffee because and that links oh, into yeah, next I'd... week's episode because I walked up to a certain bloke mm. who stepped out of a certain HQ and mm. I knew the car and then I got to know the bloke. So, Yeah, look, I, I'd have to agree. It's, I mean, I've sort of been going to Cars and Coffee for quite a while, but I was on two wheels uh, for the first couple of years that it was on. I'd, I'd take the Harley down because I, I didn't have a car. But to see that event grow into what it is now, well, I mean, it hasn't been going for quite a while. Yeah. I'd, I'd think I'd like to think flick the switch now and say everything go back to normal and we do a coffee and cars next week. Yeah. I dare say we probably need to find another venue, I think. It wouldn't surprise me to find twelve hundred cars well, and two and a half yeah, thousand people at seven thirty um, in the morning. It's it's really grown into a great event and look, all credit to uh I think it's just Justin. Yeah, Justin. Justin, which... he's been the driver behind it and all credit to him. Um it's gone from, you know, maybe 20 or so cars parking in the Sovereign Hill car park here in town to having to get there early with guys in high vis and signs and separate parking for non-display cars. That's and it. Being spread over three separate areas at the one at the, at one, the one event. Uh, at the one event, yeah. It's it's really grown into a, a great yeah. thing. And look But that that's that culture has sort of sprung up everywhere too. Like well, cars and coffee events are just yeah. all over, you know, pretty much a, all over other, the country there's, now. There's cars and coffee. I think there's there's a uh, there's one in Sydney, uh, Machines and Macchiato. It's, yeah. I mean, I don't drink coffee. I don't get the whole fascination with, with this <laughs> shit. But, um, coffee and uh, Look, it sounds cars cool. And, cars and Red cars, Bull. Cars and Red Bull would be for me. Might <laughs> um, be seeking a sponsor. Red Bull and Revheads, I don't know, maybe. Oh, there they, you go. go with, maybe yeah, Revheads one, with but, Red Bull. But, uh, yeah, the, the new one that's just started up in Ballarat, the uh, the Car, car talk. talk one. And I don't know whether it's it's got anything to do with Justin and the and the coffee and cars thing. I don't know whether they're yeah. mixed up at all. But, look, they've only had one event. I think separation's a good thing because it'll keep the numbers yeah, a bit lower. Yeah, I think so. Contro- more controllable. The fact that they have one event, um. I think they were scheduled to have two, but the weather wasn't that yeah. kind to us on the second one. But that, that one event they had, and that, I mean, that car park was pretty much full. Yeah, that was brimming. Um, there was a gold coin event, donation to a charity, which is, which is great. I don't think anybody in the car culture would yeah. snub their nose at dishing out a couple of bucks to get in. Yeah. Um, but look, certainly that, yeah. I mean, I've, I've never been to Summonats. It's always been on the list of of things to do. Yeah. I'd love, I'd still have to go to Summonats. I've done, I did one, I did Summonats 7. Yeah. But, and the mates and I built a 59 tank Fairlane, two mates and I, and took it up there and we had a ball mm. and I love watching it. I love that it, I love that it's there. 
Yeah. You know, I don't tend to logistically organise to go, but I you know, definitely follow the coverage all the way and look forward to the magazine features around yeah, it. Yeah, I'd definitely like to get up there at some stage, but certainly going back to my teenage years, and I raised this with someone not long ago, that there was always the Ballarat Show and Shine and I don't know, I can't remember whether it coincided with the Begonia Festival or what, but it used when to be it was up at the City, City Oval. Oval. Yeah. And I used to love going to that and I'd take me crappy little camera or whatever I could find. I think yeah. the last one I went to, last the last one I reckon, it must have been when I was about 21 because I had a, I got a decent camera from the 21st yeah. and I've got still got the photos of that at home. Yeah. I reckon that must have been one of the last ones I had there. I just just sort of disappeared. But that would bring cars, like I'm talking, you know, fenced off displays and and cars from Melbourne. Like I'm talking yeah. stuff you'd see in street machine yeah. here in Ballarat. Yep. And it, and I look, I'm not the madness you, the chopped you. Mm. It turned out in Ballarat for that city. I mean, do you know Metho? Yeah. Yeah, that was. The, almost the one time a year you'd see Metho out of the garage. Yeah. And I've got some good pictures of Metho. I love that car. And I, look, I'd like to think it's still around. It's He's a bit back. Of a Ballarat le- bit of a Ballarat legend, that one. But Yeah, no, um, Metho's back. Oh, is it? Yeah. That's yeah, great no. news. It's, and it's like three de- yeah, three decades mm. off the road, I'd nearly mm. say, that car. But that, I mean, stuff like that. And you'd go to these things. I mean, like I say, coffee and cars is good. And walking around, but to have an event like that where you just you're looking at cars you see in magazines. Yeah. For me, um, I've been to a few like uh, or back in the you know what, what they call that uh, phase, the auto salon. I went to a few yeah. auto salons, which was like once again mind blowing. Yeah. Um, I've been meaning to go to that uh, the last couple of years. That one show cars Melbourne. Yep. Um, but just never got around. It hasn't. So you probably got to take the time to shout out Rob Ballio and Kingpin mm. Customs and the been, work. Well, I've been meaning to get to that And the work too. Rob's doing because, you yeah, know, I mean, yeah. so, much, so much unpaid time involved, mm. you know, in setting up those shows that he puts together. Yeah. Um, and the cars I've seen rolling, like on Street Carlton. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've seen your footage and, and what, and I will, look, I will get, I will get down there at some stage. The, everything will fall in the line yeah. and I'll be able to get there, but. Anyway, but yeah, car events, yeah, I haven't been, I've been unschooled in that area apart from, you know, coffee and cars and that sort of stuff, but certainly yeah. the, the the one that Ballarat used to do was great and I used to look forward to it every year. Yeah, um, big fan of swap meets too for the display parking option. Yeah, Just swap roll into a swap good. meet pack. And once again, the, the Ballarat swap meet, Ballarat but, swap meet is, uh, well, yeah, it's, what do you say about that? Yeah, we'll see. I'm wearing me free. Been wearing me fridge hoodie today with me fingers yeah. crossed. And that's been going a long time as well. That's that's always a good day out. Yeah, just hoping it there's, goes ahead at the moment. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff out there, and um, but yeah, I I, I couldn't say it's a favourite car event, but certainly, like I said, I haven't been to enough to say I've got a favourite. Yeah, dream car. Have I got anything left to own? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, well, currently. Um, amongst the Nash, which we'll get into next time, mm. uh, I've got a little Chevy Love pickup that I've got a concept in the works with a uh, mate from Orange, Greg Butler. We've sort of designed a bit of a concept around this Chevy Love that I want to build. Um, also, you know, he's got dreams of building me a little t- um, low-budget speedster of some sort. 
So I think just what happens from here, really, there's mm. nothing I'm particularly aiming at. That little Chevy love is going to be something I'm just desperate to see myself in. Mm. Um, and, yeah, just a whole heap of old treatment on a little bloody Japanese youth that no one cared about. Mm. So it's going to be fun. So I'm looking forward to those couple of projects in the future. Um, getting the new motor back into the getting the motor back into the Nash, um, and one day, yeah, really surrendering that to the saw as well. So mm, I've seen your plans for that. It'll yeah, be interesting. yeah, no, nah, got to be done one day. And mm. why? Just because it's mine. Yeah, you know? why not? <laughs> yeah. So, um, what about yourself, mate? What do uh, you got left? Mate, um, I, I don't know, mate. I've, I've, I don't think I could put it down to one car. I've, Always said if I won enough enough money in touch lot, I'd have a shed yeah. as big as a house and probably full of cars. I, I'd have another Jay Leno. Like Jay Leno is my that's yeah, my that's <laughs> inspiration. Your hero. There's just too, there's too many cars. There's, I know. There's, there's too many. But yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'd. I mean, if you had to ask me when I was growing up, dream car probably would have been a XYGT. Yep. Couple of years later, I don't know what it would have been, but I don't know. There's always been a soft spot, and this probably runs back to my uncle's getting me into running on empty. Probably a, a blown '57 Chev. I think that's probably high on my list of dream cars. Yeah, yeah. there's just something about that '57 shape. It's and that's what absolutely timeless. And that's what makes a 14 year old me go and buy a '57 Chev. Well, yeah, that's I mean, what makes Hodgie come to my place and offer me a '66 Bel Air and fifteen hundred dollars for a car I paid sixteen hundred for. It's just I mean, everybody wanted one, you know. There's just something about that shape, and and look, all car, all manufacturers have got them. Whether it be the Porsche, I mean, we saw a 911 coming over here today. Yeah. That was a nice that, car. I mean, the 911. That was a tough version too. The 911, you can spot a 911 a mile away because yeah. they haven't really changed. They yeah. change, but they don't. You've got you've got your Ford. I mean, some some people might have their different opinions, but the the Aussie Ford stuff, XA, XB, XC coupe, classic. Yeah, classic oh. shape. Holden guys. Well, you've got your. If you're talking Holden's HK Monaro. Yeah. A lot of people love the HQ, which I do. I love the HQ shape, but there's just something about the HK and particularly the HK Monaro. Yeah. There was just something about that car. And you look at the Chev stuff, the 55s are okay, but there's just something about the 57. I don't know whether it's the fins or what it is. There was an Indy Orange HG GDS in my past life, you know, with orange and black trim, but that was, you know. At a special place for that one, but yeah, now there's too many cars that you'd have a dream car, but certainly 57. Yeah, 57 is uh definitely high on the list for me, I think. Yeah, um, got garage plans, so I think you put that in as a bit possible option at one stage. Dream garage, you know, yeah. you're going to build a little pod castle in the corner of your, yeah, home, like mate. I said, I've, I've actually I've, I'm pretty happy with shout out to Scotty for his facilities, the shed, yeah. No, the, the shed I've got at home is, is it's old, but it's it's pretty cool. So I think I'll, I think I need to do a bit of work on the little extra room there. But that's okay. But yes, we can't uh, we can't actually forget to shout out our our friend Scotty here for lending us his. I don't know what you call it. A, it's it's a it's a blackened room and um it's set up for this sort of thing and it's great. It's Scotty comfy as we the, might uh, shoot a photo and put it up on our yeah, Instagram. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to take a picture, I think. But this is a great setup and thanks to Scotty for recording all this and doing all the special bits. Scotty yeah. from the Redactive 
audio. Is that it? Redactive audio. Redactive audio. audio. And who else do we need to shout out while we're at it, mate? I don't know. Who else? Oh, well, Barney's Autocraft. Oh, of course. How did we forget Barney? Oh, mate. Barney. (laughs) He... uh, he worked on that uh, our little logo, and he's absolutely nailed it. So Knocked he, that out of the park. We've got a couple of variants. We've got the one that's <clears> on the one that's on our uh, Insta page, and we've also got a bit more basic one. That hey, look, if it gets anywhere that we need to do a hat or a t-shirt or something, we've got a basic, more a bit more basic design which which we can put on there. And yeah, I'd like to see a little sticker on the corner of a few windows. Yeah, do some stickers, or something. But yeah, Barney was uh, he did it really quick for us, and. Um, Thanks, mate. That's uh, Barney's Autocraft on yep. Instagram, and um, he does some great work. Did a lot of work with Thong Slappers, um, and uh, we have had the pleasure of meeting him uh, and speaking with him a few times yep. outside of Instagram. And look, top bloke as well. Yeah, we'll uh, probably get him on at some stage and have a chat. Yep, definitely. I reckon that's probably enough for episode one. We crossed everything off. Yeah, I think we've got everything. What did we have? We did our questions. We did our backwards and forwards, and we did our sign-off. This is the longest sign-off in history, yeah. I think, for a podcast. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll catch you next time. No worries at all. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Moses is out. Ayo's out. Cheers. <laughs>